0: What's happening, everybody? Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry with you on this Thursday, November 12th, and a Friday, November 13th. It's a Locked On Crossover Thursday, as we'll hear from the Washington football team's own Locked On host, Chris Russell. I love Chris. He's great. And we'll talk some football team and Lions coming up shortly. We're brought to you today by Pepsi, made for football watching. This football season will be different. Pepsi, here to get you ready for game day No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. On the show today, guess who's back in the news? Yes, he was on the All the Smoke podcast on Showtime with Matt Barnes. And Steven Jackson, none other than Megatron, future Hall of Famer, Calvin Johnson Jr. You will hear what Calvin had to say when asked by Matt Barnes if he had to give any money back to the Lions after he retired. I want to play you that audio. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. I know many of you are sick of the story, but I want you to hear the audio straight out of the mouth of Calvin Johnson. We'll do that coming up. Also, Lions injury report as they get ready to take on the Washington football team. We'll do that momentarily. Washington, you'll hear this from Chris Russell coming up. Washington is chock full of ex-Lions. Like, Get ready for like J.D. McKissick 100 yards. Just get ready. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, the Matt Derry Facebook fan page, also at Lockdown Lions on Twitter. My Twitter has been hot over the last 24 hours with many of you Lions fans very angry with me over my assessment of Jeffrey Okuda. Did I ever say Jeffrey Okuda was a bust? Did I ever say Jeffrey Okuda sucked? No. I said he's not a top 15 PFF Lions player through the first half of the season. And for a guy that was drafted third overall, that's disappointing. That's all I said. But the Okuda supporters, the Lions homers, have just been flooding me flooding what about what Darius Slay did as a rookie Darius Slay wasn't a first round pick nor was he the third overall pick like guys calm down a little bit here my goodness this team's three and five this isn't good this isn't a rebuild this isn't some young group that we're hoping to see improvement from they should be a playoff contender you're in year three of the coach and you're five of the GM what are we talking about here Speaking of Okuda, he's on the injury report today. Two Lions did not practice today. Kenny Galladay, sore hip. T.J. Hawkinson, who was not on the uh, injury report yesterday, did not practice today due to a toe injury. We'll see how that plays out on Friday. Limited practice. Jamal Agnew, Joe Dahl, Jared Davis, Christian Jones, Javon Kurse, Halapulavati, Vaitai, and Nick Williams. Full practice for Crosby, Ford, Griffin, Okuda, Shelton, Stafford, and Tracy Walker. So some guys that were out yesterday, um, like Vitai, Nick Williams, Griffin, all were back today. Those are, that's a good sign. You can't lose to the Washington football team. You're going to watch this game Sunday, and you're going to recognize Alex Smith. You're going to recognize Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan. There's a few others, but the rest of this group, you're not going to know who they are. This is a lot of no-name guys. They're young, they're rebuilding, Ron Rivera's taken over, and they've won two games so far, two and six. Calvin Johnson. Yes, I know what many of you are going to say. You're going to say, oh, here goes Derry again. No, I'm not. I want you to just hear from the horse's mouth. I told you many years ago on this show that Calvin Johnson was treated poorly by the Lions at the end. I've told you numerous times and it started with Dave Burkett who reported that Calvin went to Jim Caldwell ready to retire. Told Jim Caldwell. Caldwell said, "Uh uh-oh, I better go get Bob and Rod. Brought them to the office. Bob said, Calvin, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Let's think this through. And Rod's comment was, did you pay back all of your bonus yet? Which is, about as 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 uh, uh um stupid and tone-deaf of a comment that you would make to a franchise superstar. The Lions have not, since Rod Wood has been president, come up with anything close to uh, Calvin Johnson. The first thing out of your mouth is have you paid back your bonus? Just dis just, dis just, just gross. And since then the Lions have been estranged from Calvin and vice versa. Calvin did end up talking to the receivers group uh, this this year uh, during training camp on Zoom, so that was good. But here's Calvin Johnson on the All the Smoke podcast. Now, Calvin admitted he smoked pot throughout his entire career with the Lions um, and sees nothing wrong with it and said it, was, it helped him feel better and everything else. Uh, so that was part of the discussion. But the other part was asked about his days with the Lions. Here's the juiciest part, in my opinion, where Calvin tells... Matt Barnes, why he's there's a rift with the team. This is courtesy of Showtime Sports. When you retired, uh, obviously before your contract ended, did you have to pay any of the money back? You know, I know uh, football is a lot different with their money than basketball is. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, that's 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 the reason for the rift between you know the team and uh, you know they may pay some money back. So you know, I mean. Uh-huh. If it went the reason I don't have any involvement with them is because of that. You know, like you can't really? you know, make me pay money back and then still want me to come around. It doesn't work like that. All right. <laughs> right. right.
0: Right. Right. Wait, so they wanted you to pay and then still kinda of be an ambassador for the team? Yeah, yeah. It don't work.
1: Yeah. Oh fuck out. You don't get my services after that. After all the time I put in, you just know more. <laughs> right. right. <laughs>
0: kind of funny some of the uh, uh, we apologize for the f word in there but uh there there it was I, I don't have much else to say about it uh, the lions haven't fixed that issue um and calvin's like screw it i'm not they asked for some money back whereas many nfl players have retired early and the team has told them to keep the signing bonus including the colts recently with andrew luck which was a complete stunner and jim ursay said keep the bonus we're good we love you we love what you did for us I think Tony Romo, the same thing. So, there you go. Locked on crossover next with our guy Chris Russell. But we're brought to you by our friends at Pepsi tonight, Thursday night. Football, Colts, Titans. That's a good football game. And this season, football will uh, the football season is going to be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Who's getting some chips, some dip, snacks, and then you get your Pepsi for tonight? Get your Pepsi. Pepsi's good. It's the refreshment you need to power through Thursday night football tonight. You become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. You know it. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. All right, it's a Thursday crossover, everybody. Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions with you. Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Always love talking to Chris. He's uh, one of the best. Chris, how you doing?
1: Hey, what's up, Matt? Thanks for the uh, kind words. Good to be on with you as always. It's been a little while since we caught up. What? Uh, almost a, a full year since these two epic franchises <laughs> collided, uh, like the gladiators that they are on, on the football field, huh?
0: It's it's unbelievable. It's been a, it's been a wild year, and, and I know it's been crazy up there. Uh, a two and six football team. Haskins kind of banished. Alex Smith going to play this week? Has it been? I know now that 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 you know. The Redskins' name is gone and some other, you know, of the high-profile circus acts in the front office are gone. But is the big top still uh, still there and alive and well in Washington?
1: Oh, very much so. I mean, listen, I would say that even though it doesn't seem like it from outside, Matt, I would say that things are a little bit, a little bit more rational, sane, calm, a little bit. Uh, you know, they say outside the beltway, inside the beltway, around here, inside the building, uh, inside and underneath the Big Ten. I still think the circus tent is is over, is on standby, is maybe pushed off a little bit to the side. I still think it's there. I think Ron Rivera is trying to get out completely from underneath it. But he's not a dummy. He knew this was going to take two or three years to really change the culture, to really change the program, to change everybody's thought process. And listen, he hasn't made it easy on himself obviously with benching of Haskins so early Uh, but I actually don't think it was a bad move for him to do Uh, then as a matter of fact I had a harder issue in hindsight and even now with them cutting Adrian Peterson who wound up with your team the Detroit Lions than I did quite honestly with Dwayne Haskins benched after four games Hmm,
0: interesting what's the Haskins status now so Alex Smith will start Sunday at Ford Field what if he gets hurt? Then what?
1: Well, Dwayne Haskins is going to be the number two quarterback, which he hasn't been since getting benched after week four. He's been inactive, out of uniform, uh, not available on game day, practicing, you know, with the scout team and 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 doing little things like that uh, behind the scenes, but he has not been active on game day, whereas he will be this Sunday, losing Kyle Allen. Uh, he'll eventually, I assume, go on IR. They haven't put him there yet. Uh, I'm not sure if, why, uh, but, you know, they haven't yet. Um, and I think what's going to happen is, you know, you have Alex Smith, who obviously everybody remembers two years ago, two years ago, almost to the day by the time we played this game, man would be his last start. November 18th, 2018. He's played in relief two games. He looked very rusty against Aaron Donald and the Rams go figure in a monsoon of rain. Uh the Washington set him up poorly. They made him pass basically on every down. This week he came in he came in early, uh late in the first quarter rather, and he looked unsettled is how i would say it at first some penalties didn't help him but then when he got into kind of a groove for the most part he was pretty effective in throwing the rock now um he had some really nice throws and he did show a little bit of mobility and then he had some really poor decisions so what alex smith we're going to get this week i think if Washington has an early lead. You're going to get a conservative, kind of more check down Charlie type of Alex Smith. If Detroit can get out to the ten nothing, seventeen nothing, whatever type of lead, then you will see, you know, maybe the more aggressive down the field Alex Smith, but also the more reckless Alex Smith. If that makes sense.
0: Chris Russell locked on Washington football team. Matt Derry locked on Lions. These two teams will meet up uh, Sunday at Ford Field. Um, you know, two two wins, obviously a couple of losses to Daniel Jones. For some odd reason, Daniel Jones owns the WFT. Um, what, what positives have you taken from this year so far? Anything?
1: Uh, positives. All right, so let's get to it. Um, <laughs> I actually think two positives are two former Detroit Lions that your fans will probably – scoff at or dismiss but jd mckissick certainly has been a positive for the washington football team i know he only played in detroit for a year uh but they use him as their primary third down back but he also plays on first and second down depending on set and situation and he's a great catcher of the ball out of the backfield he's got a little speed and some pop uh he's not like you know, he's not Christian McCaffrey by any means, not trying to compare him uh, to that, not uh, Marshall Falk in his prime, but you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He's going offer you some different things and some different looks. The other guy that's been a pleasant surprise, all things considered is Logan Thomas, who was with you guys uh, last year. He's got more touchdowns this year than he had in his entire career combined uh, after making the transformation from quarterback to tight end. Um, you know, he's on the verge of 30-plus of catches, somewhere in that range, which will easily be uh, a career high, and maybe when it's said and done, he'll be double his career high. Again, more touchdowns already this year than he had uh, combined. He's not a speed and separation guy, but he does have some athleticism, and he's shown some nice hands. Uh, he did have two key drops last Sunday, as I say that, uh, but outside of that, he's shown some ability to be a consistent, reliable Uh, threat you know on third down in certain situations and even uh, even in the red zone so so I I think those have been two pleasant surprises Uh, and then Antonio Gibson their third round pick out of Memphis has also been a pleasant surprise he's a little bit banged up right now with a shoulder so he didn't practice on Wednesday we'll see the rest of the week Um, but he when he gets it as a natural running back and he's still very very raw although you know he's starting to shrink that window Matt, he, he, he's good. He, he'll, he'll break tackles. He, he gives you good forward lean. He's got good explosion. They use him fairly creatively. He doesn't play a lot on third down, uh, really at all, uh, yet. Uh, he's not great in pass protection, but he's been a nice surprise as well. I
0: thought you were going to say Cornelius Lucas, too, all of a sudden. Cornelius
1: Lucas, too. That's another line.
0: Oh, <laughs> ay Three X line. Oh, you just gave me a story idea. actually. I, I'm telling I you. Not
1: about big old
0: Luke in Detroit. I remember when he was. Yeah, he was the last. You know, benched basically. his the last guy off the bench as a right tackle, and yeah. uh, he came in in the play. Look up his numbers. He played in the playoff game against the Seahawks years ago. But tell me about the the he's front four is good.
1: Le- he's been great, by the way, at left tackle. Yeah, the two games that he's played, he's been fantastic. I've heard. Uh, I've it's, heard. It's just unbelievable. <laughs>
0: How much should the Lions be concerned about that front four? You look up front, you see all these first-round picks, Chase Young and 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 uh, certainly Sweat and guys like that. How good are they at getting at the quarterback?
1: They are they are good, but I would say they're not great yet as a unit and they're largely inconsistent. What I mean by that is um you know, the season opener, they got to Carson Wentz and a beat-up Eagles team eight times. Before the break, they got to Andy Dalton and then Ben DiNucci uh, six times. In between that, in, in a span of five games, they only had eight sacks combined. Um, they're not as good without Matt Ioannidis, period. He's out for the season. He's been gone since week three. They also lost Landon Collins a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were starting to use him as a blitzer more uh, off the edge, uh, and 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 that was a lost role, although rookie Cam Curl has replaced him, and he had a similar blitz and sack uh, on Sunday. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, this defensive line, I would say Chase Young has been – Uh, I I don't want to say as advertised because maybe he hasn't gotten home and had that dynamic breakout splash game just yet. He started off really strong, had a half a sack on Sunday. That was his first any kind of sack since week two, to be honest with you. He's been good, but I wouldn't say he's been great. Uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, again, those are guys that are capable of creating havoc. Those are guys that are capable of collapsing the pocket, stopping the run. But quite honestly, it's not consistent enough. It's not consistent enough. And just on the other side, Montez Sweat, I would argue, and I think most Washington people and observers would probably say he's been the most consistent of the defensive linemen. Um, you know, he's capable of obviously getting home on Matthew Stafford. Uh, and the Detroit offensive line. He's coming along as a run defender. He works hard. um, And I would say he's been, again, the most reliable of the starting front four. And then you sprinkle in Ryan Kerrigan, who gets way less reps than he used to, but Ryan Kerrigan just keeps getting more sacks per snap play than he ever has had, quite honestly, in his career, certainly recently, because they're keeping him fresh. So it's a good unit. I wouldn't say it's a great, consistent unit.
0: Let's talk some Lions. We'll get uh, the thoughts, uh, my thoughts on the team. Chris will ask me some questions. We'll do that next. You're on the Lockdown Crossover Thursday.
1: All right, it is Crossover Thursday right here, Locked on Lions and Locked on Washington football team. I'm Chris Russell, along with Matt Derry, who hosts the Locked on Lions podcast. Always fun to catch up with Matt. He's great uh, and covering the Detroit Lions. And both of us get, you know, we we don't have the best. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Uh, so you know, sometimes we've got to make it up as we go along and do our best to be positive. So Matt, let's let's paint the town red here or blue in this particular case. Let's start with the offense and Matthew Stafford. Um, so Sunday, I was at the Washington Giants game, and I see this come across: Matt Stafford being evaluated not for a concussion, but in the words of uh, one of the reporters. I don't remember who it was, a brain injury. Uh, and then I see on the injury report on Wednesday, he was full practice with a neck. What in the world is going on with Matt Stafford between the COVID and the brain injury and the neck injury? And is there any reason to think that he might not be able to play or be limited, if you will, on Sunday?
0: No, Chris, He's he's been pretty much a warrior. He'll play uh, Sunday for sure. Uh, did go through full practice on Wednesday. Wouldn't surprise me if he they, he rested either Thursday or Friday, but he'll be out there. Um, You know, last week was really hell hell for him. Uh, He was around somebody the week before, at the end of the week, that was uh, uh, tested positive, so he was in direct contact with somebody, so immediately went into quarantine. Uh, The team won't say anything. Stafford doesn't say much, but thanks to his wife, Kelly, who's always active on Instagram, she's telling the story every single day. Matthew's not here. Matthew's at a hotel. Um, then, then, then their young, their, their, I believe their middle daughter fell and hit her head on the floor, forcing Kelly to have to call the police, the nine one one. Matthew not being home to help with the other kids that are running around the house. It's a rough week for him. Then he flies a private plane, not him, but he's fly, flying in a private plane on Saturday. Stays in a different place away from the hotel, in the hotel but in a different spot than his teammates. And then Sunday morning uh, he's cleared. to to, to go ahead and be a part of the team again, goes out and does not play a very good game. He threw two very costly interceptions in the second half, one in the end zone. So he's not played that well this year. He's 22nd in the league in passer rating, which is not elite. And that's always the argument in Detroit is whether Stafford's elite or not. But this team's got a lot of bigger issues than just their quarterback right now.
1: All right, let's keep it on the offense, though, because I want to ask you about Galladay. He didn't practice on Wednesday. I know he's missed some time here. And who else can Matthew Stafford and Matt Patricia and the Detroit offense count on hang your hat on style? Is it Marvin Jones and nobody else, or is it a couple of guys? How do you kind of read all that?
0: Well, if Gallaudet can't play, and I don't think he will with the hip, it really does limit what the Lions want to do. But over the last two years under Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator who I think has been very average, they just want to run. They want to set up a play-action passing game. And they're taking the ball – away from Stafford sometimes, and not letting him be the gunslinger that he was successful in doing in being back in 2011 and 2014 and and seasons like that. They've got some guys. You know, T.J. Hawkinson's a pretty good tight end and a a second-year guy that was a first-round pick. He's coming along. I would worry about him, you know, over the middle and making some plays. Marvin Jones is in a contract year. He's fine. The running game is is what it is. It's okay. You know, Adrian Peterson, we'll talk about him in a second because I know you want to ask me about him. Um, he's been okay. He was really good in the first game. And you're going, man, what did the WFT think by getting rid of him? And he looked great in the opener uh, against the Bears. And then since then, his numbers have gone way down. DeAndre Swift is a guy that I think has the potential to be a home run hitter out of the backfield, can do it all. But they don't use him properly. DeAndre Swift should be getting two screen passes a game. He should be in the slot once in a while getting a, getting a slant pass. He can do a lot of things. They don't. They've been. They've got Kerryon Johnson. They've got Swift. They've got Peterson. Too many chefs in the kitchen right now in the backfield.
1: So if you're the Washington D, I mean, I, I'll 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 leave Peterson aside because I think you just you know kind of cleared up how he's doing along with the combination. And it was a weird fit for me, quite honestly, uh, to begin with, other than, you know, okay, going out to help, you know, a couple of young backs and, you know, kind of maybe be that hammer guy that maybe Swift and on Johnson aren't necessarily, but whatever. I mean, um, if you look at this whole offense, again, assuming that Galladay doesn't play, uh, which is your assumption and I guess my assumption – um, how would what would you say is the key for an opposing defense? Is it to bottle up that run completely forcing Stafford into third and long? or is it to maybe, you know kind of tempt Detroit into running the football a little bit, uh, maybe lighten up the box and play heavier, Uh, On the back end, meaning nickel, more dime, uh, more pass defense, as opposed to loading up the box. How would you kind of go about it?
0: Oh, that's what I would do. Uh, First of all, the Lions are not a great running offense anyway, and haven't been since Barry Sanders retired, and that was a long time ago. Daryl Bevel does a nice job the first 15 plays, in scripting plays. There's some creativity. There's a bubble screen. Maybe Jamal Agnew, former cornerback, now sort of a slot guy, receiver. They put him in motion. He gets the football in a reverse some fun things. Then after the first 15 plays, it's almost like, oh, let's establish the ground game. And if you don't have Galladay out there, you don't have that home run hitter. God bless Marvin Jones. He's not a burner. Amendola is Amendola. He's a slot guy at best. Good hands, good player, but not a guy that's going to beat you deep. Marvin Hall is the one guy they have that can can beat people deep, but he's not out there every down. So, yeah, loading up the box. I mean, you know, Minnesota knew what to do. They played a lot of zone. They forced Stafford to to make some tough throws over the middle. He forced a couple to Hawkinson. Uh, if you can bottle up Hawkinson, I think I think you'll you'll be in good shape.
1: Yeah, and Washington has struggled against tight ends uh, for years and years and years, and at times very much so uh, this week. So that could very well be your key to the game. Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions, with us here on. Crossover Thursday. I have Chris Russell, host of Locked on Washington football. Let's talk about the other side of the ball because, you know, this defense was supposed to be a strength with Matt Patricia coming over from New England. We know that hasn't gone exactly great. I look around and, you know, they picked up Everson Griffin uh, in a trade a couple of weeks ago with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you have a guy like Danny Shelton, who is a former first-round pick. You have Jamie Collins. You have Daron Harmon, who is well thought of in New England. Um, you have Jeff Okuda who's a top three pick. Why can't this why doesn't this defense seem to be all that good?
0: They're not. I mean, plain and simple, they're not. There's just not enough playmakers out there. And, and you're talking about I'll give you an example. You've got Jared Davis, who's a former first round pick, who's basically a blitzing linebacker, and that's it. He can't play middle linebacker. He was drafted in the first round. Jeffrey Okuda is the number three overall pick. Yes, he's a corner. Yes, he's young. Yes, he was hurt to start the year, but his PFF grade is 41.6. Four other corners in the first round taken after him are way higher. That's not a good sign. Their safeties outside of Daron Harmon struggle, their linebackers, Jelani Tavai, a second-round pick, can't play. Uh, He's just not good. I mean, they've got too many guys that can't do it. You know, Will Harris, a third-round pick as a safety, he's terrible. He's not just bad, Chris. He's terrible. So these are guys on the field that they're, they're running into each other. They're slow. Uh, they, they want these big linebackers like Christian Jones and Tavai. They want these. They want to bulk it up and be big. But if you get out in space against them, goodbye. Like Delvin Cook, the guy ran for 206 last week. He could have run for 250. Then you throw in three times over the last two weeks, the Lions have had 10 men on the field defensively that's unacceptable in year in year three of a head coach that's a defensive coach not getting it done
1: so so uh, let me ask you two quick follow-ups to that Um, before I get to Patricia with what you're describing with the defense and obviously everybody saw what Dalvin Cook was able to have success with would you say that I mean, clearly Washington would be best served by trying to establish the run and having some success uh, that way, maybe with a Peyton Barber, maybe a mix of Antonio Gibson, what have you. uh, Who knows, they might even get Bryce Love back for the first time this Sunday. Um, But more, would you say that their dimensional backs, the McKissicks, the Antonio Gibsons, that type of back would give their linebackers in the flats, sit-down option routes, uh, maybe a little shallow crossing routes? Would you say that that would give Detroit and their linebacker level some problems?
0: Oh, absolutely. The, the Lions have had issues with backs out of the back for the last couple of years. You mentioned tight end problems for the WFT. Same with the, same with the Lions. I do think when Jamie Collins is dialed in and playing well, it does elevate the defense. He's not a bad player at all. Um, I don't think he's been a $10 million a year player like they were hoping, um, but the, 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 the D-line just is not stout enough. Since Snack, Snacks Harrison's big 2018 season, they've been just chunked up the middle with the ground game. You know, Jordan Wilkins two weeks ago for the Colts looked like Jim Brown. Dalvin Cook this past weekend looked like Gail Sayers or, or, or whomever you want to compare him to. Uh, it's been rough. It's been rough. And, and, and again, I think linebacking is a problem. I think the corners aren't bad. I think Akuda's getting better. Desmond Trufant's a solid pro. And Amanio Ruarie is a good third corner, too. So the corners aren't terrible. But they're not getting home. Trey Flowers is hurt and out. That's a big loss for the Lions D-line. Watch for Romeo Okwara off the edge. He's been good this year. All
1: right, so, Matt, before we run out of time, um, I want to ask you about another Matt uh there was some report you know there was some rumor speculation i guess this happens you know with adam Gase every week Uh, maybe it's happening i i I suppose with patricia every week uh it seemed like the the drum was kind of banging a little bit louder though uh did you think patricia was going to survive what happened sunday against minnesota uh and the 10 men on the field thing that you mentioned that's happened a couple of times did you think he was going to survive are you surprised he's still the head coach here
0: I'm not, because of ownership and how they've always been very loyal. Now you've got the third Ford owner over the last handful of years. Of course, Mr. Ford passes away. Uh, his wife, uh, Martha Firestone Ford, takes over for a few years. She's loyal, although when she first came in, she did fire um, uh, Tom Lewand and GM Martin Mayhew. Um, they, 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 I, I think right now there's a financial issue here. I think the new owner, Sheila, the daughter of Martha, is saying, look, how much money are we losing? And we've got Patricia and Quinn, Bob Quinn, the, the general manager, signed up for two more years after this. So are they going to pay a coach and a GM, you know, you know, a couple of them next year? I don't know. I'm not locked in on it to know that that's definitely going to happen. I think Patricia's going to make it through the year because of their edict about seeing improved football. But right now, you know, three twelve and one last year was pathetic, but this team doesn't look like they're improved much. they got a really good punter. Hey, that's good. Yeah, but like, you know, and Jack, so does Washington. right, right. So, so I think he'll last through the remainder of the year unless it gets really ugly, because again, there's no fans in the stands to boo. Let's say the, let's say the football team comes in and hangs a 14 on him early. There's no boo birds. You know that that's the type of thing that that would get the owner's attention and it won't happen.
1: All right. So, uh, I wouldn't count on that either. Um, <laughs> you know, that yeah. and, and hanging any kind of 14 nothing lead, but you know, you never know how these things work. Uh, Matt, always great to catch up with you, man. I wish we had more time because I love talking to you, uh, and shooting the, you know, what, uh, about these two respective, uh, well, Dysfunctional, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Franchises. Last uh, last year's game wasn't a great one, but Washington did ultimately win. Lots of different storylines. Yes, uh, this year. But always good to catch up with you, my friend.
0: You too, Chris. Thank you, Chris Russell uh, and Matt Derry. There's your Locked On Thursday crossover.